What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're talking bogs and flogs from round 20, talking the chopping block, who's our trading targets for the next round, with some special guests on the show. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Luke Rodison. How are you, mate? Really, really good. And you mentioned it in the intro, but I'm most excited for this episode because we're talking with a couple of very special guests now. Yes. They're, they're waiting in the wings for us, but before I introduce these special guests, I want to talk about... Some deceitful. Hold on, hold on. We're not starting the show with this. We are are starting the show with this. Let's just look at me. Not a mention. There was some treason that occurred over the the weekend, people. Now, some of you guys might be able to cast your minds back and recall that. Mitch and his, his uh, top t- two big boys, he had uh, Bontempelli and Tim Taranto up there. And <laughs> you might also recall that both of them did shit house. But on top of that, you'll actually be uh, a little bit pissed off to know, I think, that Mitch's captain didn't actually do shit house on the weekend. <laughs> because he cartwheeled and fucking went LDU <laughs> in the last game. Hold so on this is treason of the highest order. He's, he's sent out the big boys. He's... He has made sure that he's just sent everyone off on their merry way so that he can swoop in and get a good captain's choice. And uh, it's it's terrible uh, that I have to do this, but um, (laughs) it's it's unfortunate and it's... I'm outsourcing my big boys this week. Oh, no. He's outsourcing his roofing up for you. Two oh. weeks in a row as well as the treason. Hey, two, hold done. on. Last week, Doherty won 30. Not my fault. Your team's shit. You don't have him. So he was number two. No. I like my point better. Treason, everyone. Now, okay, we've, we've left the guests in the wings too long. Mitch, who have we got with okay, us today? Okay, well, after all that, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the show and introduce our fine guests from the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast. We've got Tim Guest and uh, Bales from Chili Bales HD's YouTube channel as well. Welcome, boys. Welcome to the show. Okay, boys. How are you? Yes, very good, mate. Uh, sorry you had to listen to mum and dad fighting at the start of the show there, but uh, how, how are you guys doing? Mate, there's uh, chaos is going through the community at the moment because uh, I mean Calvin was back in sick dog for the captain, right? So, uh, mate, who do we trust for our captains? I don't know. Well, I, well, good day, everyone. I I trust uh, Mitch's original ball boys because I put up the, the original number one VC, which we'll talk about later on. But um, how many goes do well, you get? So. At is my question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon if I throw enough mud at the wall, something will stick. Well, <laughs> hold on. Let me let me just let me just say I. First of all, we've got the great man Tim Guest on the show today. I, I am going to blame him for the deception this week because the Content Creators Cup is uh, it's it's the, the the league of glory around the AFL fantasy community. So there's high stakes there. So being as though I'm away from a hat this top point of year, I'm prioritizing that. So my matchup came down to the last couple of guys. He fucking won his matchup uh, too. The <laughs> and he, he had the, the C on Toronto. 
And I, you know, 180 average between Steele and uh, Sheasel. When Steele had 110, I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to just match the, the Timmy T. See, so I swapped it over to LDU, got a W, and uh, I'm averaging 125 my last two weeks of captain. So, I mean, to be fair, it was good fantasy play, but sitting on my couch, <laughs> I was fucking writhing. I almost got the fucking eggs out of the fridge and threw them at your house. You got the week off now as well, mate. Got the yeah, week off. I'd oh. kick my feet up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great that you're sitting pretty while everyone else that looks at the big boys is cooked. But. Uh, yes, so lots of, uh, lots of, yeah, obviously, the big boys, we've got to do some soul searching this week, but we won't talk big boys. I've got a few days to sort of collect myself and... Uh, See if I can print off another <laughs> qualification. <laughs> but well, the boys have uh, been kind enough to help us out with the bogs and flogs this yes. week. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. And the winner of the Norm Smith Medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. We've got the uh, bogs and flogs, and I've given the the bogs to the boys over at the AFL Fantasy Finance because they are coming into this podcast after off the back of huge weeks. I think both you guys yeah. scored twenty six hundred plus on the weekend. Is that right? Yeah, mate. Wow. Bale's top scored, mate. You take 20, it away, mate. 26.30 for me. So uh, never scored over 2,500 before, but also cracked 2,600 barrier. So very happy. I picked him by nine points. I was nervous. He had uh, Sheasel coming uh, home strong and luckily he didn't get the nine extra points to, to get me. So I think you got, was it 26.21, Tim? 26.21, yeah. Uh, moving me up a fair bit as well. So from 393 to 240 in the overall rankings. So I think I'm about 205 points off a hat. So, you know, it's in reach, but a uh, bit of work to do. Mate, you keep putting up scores like that and you'll uh, close it down in no time. So you're the bogs of the uh, the Content Creators Cup this week. So let's start us off with the bogs for this first game, Collingwood versus Carlton. Who did you guys nominate for this one here? I'll throw I'll it over to me. I'll throw it over yeah, I had him on. Uh, I had him in my team. I actually looped him as well with Windhager. So Darcy Cameron, uh, and to be perfectly honest, I was pretty worried about him as well. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's had a lot of scores recently. Kind of, you know, seventies, eighties, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, in that F six spots. I mean, a lot of people had Flanders. I mean, you had McRae in there. So I was a bit worried about losing points there, um, and I even considered maybe just running straight uh, straight Windhager and uh, trading out of Darcy Cameron. But held on to him. Uh, I it came out. I'm not can't quite remember what he scored in that first quarter, but he had a massive first quarter, yeah. a bit of a quiet second half, but um, but yeah, scored really well, and I think he ended up second or equal second highest scorer for the game, so uh, yeah, I think he takes out the bog for, the, for that game. A very worthy bog. I think I, I was looking at the, the stats, and I for some reason I thought you'd trade him out, and I looked over at your team, and because you looted him, I saw he wasn't in your, your starting thing. I was yeah. like, oh. Tim's going to be pissed because he's traded him out, but then I noticed the loop and uh, good go. it was uh, he was good to look him on. Uh, flog for this award, for this game, I'm just going to give it to George Hewitt. There was um, you know probably a few candidates for this award, but George Hewitt is a guy that I think a few people would have traded in the last couple of weeks as a real cheap option. Uh, obviously, he went all right last week against the Eagles, but came crashing back to earth with his uh, score here. I think he was mid-60s, so... Uh, just a, a reminder for us all at this stage of the year, hopefully a lot of you guys have a full team of premiums, but for those who needed that cheap option, he, uh, yeah, definitely hurt having him on your field, in your midfield as well. So George Hewitt, flog behaviour. Now Frio, buddy, rolled the cats this weekend as well, and uh, Bales, you, um, you've identified a bog out of this game. Yeah, well, it was me and Tim discussed before. There's two, actually two guys that probably could get a bit of a shout. So Andrew Brayshaw is the one that 122, I think that's his second score over 120, uh, 115 in his last six or something. So it's good to see him put up a finally put up a pretty good score, and that's what we paid him for. And the other guys, what did pretty well was uh, Tom Stewart uh, in a tough matchup against Frio. Uh, he struggled against him earlier in the year, um, and he put up 112. So um, yeah, both of them were. 
very, very good. Yeah, and there's been a little bit of talk like in recent weeks about people potentially trading out Stewart as a point of difference, but he's kind of, he's kind of showing that maybe uh, tons, yeah. do that at your peril. So um, yeah. interesting one there. I agree on those ones, Bales. Now, the flog for this game, he actually tunned up Caleb Sarong, but you guys know... Sort of the, the, well, you guys know the theme of this show. It's it's all about us. And so once, <laughs> in, in true form, it's about me again. Because if Caleb Sarong doesn't get suspended, Caleb fucking Daniel <coughs> is never in my team. Oh, oh no. no. And so it's sliding doors. So sliding sorry, doors. Caleb, you got a ton, but I'm just... Caleb, correct. I've I've got feelings left over. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so it's both those boys, both Brayshaw and Sarong, pretty highly owned, um, and really haven't been getting it done of late. I mean, Brayshaw obviously got his one twenty two, but um, but yeah, there's there's probably you know I don't know a bit of, maybe a bit of room for movement there. Yeah, low tons aren't getting it done at this time of the year, are they? Correct. Not, not if we have scoring like we did on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. no. Maybe sitting pretty there with your 2,600, you can scoff at 122 there, Tim. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that for sure. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next game. Bulldogs versus GWS. Best on ground. Who have you got here, Tim? It's got to be the Rock Lama. The Rock Lama, mate. Uh, Tim English, mate. I mean, not the, not the best of matchups as well going <laughs> up against GWS. One of the no, worst matchups, actually. But, yeah, yeah it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter for him. And also being at Mars, right? So, uh, I mean, I know, you know, paying attention to a lot of those games out of Mars over the last couple of years, weird, weird stuff happens. I mean, we know the Small Potato's got a pretty, you know, rough uh, history out there. Um, you know, I mean, even... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bond getting it done, oh. falling away, you know. But um, but yeah, Timmy, a one fifty three. I mean, how can you? You can't turn your nose up at that. He's got to get the bomb for the game. Yeah, absolutely. He. Um, I keep. I've reminded myself after the game that Tim English matchups mean nothing. It. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Just mean yeah. nothing. And it 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 actually is. I don't know if you've checked the stats on him, but every second week he is putting up a ton. It is. I think it's continued since round six this season that he puts up a massive ton, goes under 100. Massive ton, under 100. So he's going to have a down game this week, and then next week he's going to go another big boy. So I'm going to have to um, fact that into the uh, the equation. I saw Calvin put up a stat, actually, just literally before we went live. Um, He said that Tim English, uh, eight of nine games away from home, has gone over 120, and he's only gone two of ten games over 120 at uh, Marvel. So. There you go. Um, some some yeah. good stats there. He plays at Marvel this weekend. Um, flog for here. I'm going to let you take this yeah, one. Let, because... me, let me cook. <laughs> let me cook here. Because Caleb Daniel, look, it, it doesn't matter what position you play on the field. 39 is not going to cut the mustard. That is I, disgusting. Dead said, I almost needed a welfare check after this game. This is ridiculous. I, I wasn't watching, but I, I was actually being... Probably a, good that you I was actually watching. being a good son-in-law and, and helping my... Um, my parents-in-law take some stuff to the tip and I was watching the scores on my phone and I, I thought, Caleb Daniel must be deceased. I thought, <laughs> I thought what, what is possibly happening? He's been on 39 for the best part of half the game. So I, I didn't watch, I don't want to watch and it, to be honest, it's just fucked up. Zero points in the last quarter, did not get near it and uh, yeah, just played on a wing JJ in, in, in half, half back, no CBAs. So, yeah, oh, it just – um, yeah, absolutely killer coming back off 109 oh, the week before. I'm getting rolled up. Let's move on. Uh, moving on to the Gold Coast versus Brisbane, the Q clash. And the Gold Coast get over the boys from Bris Vegas. Uh, best on ground, uh, I'll throw it up to you here. Bales, your boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy that you had um, number one uh, on your big boys. Number change. one you big changed, boy. You should have changed. You shouldn't have changed it, mate. Josh Dunkley. Uh, I'm gonna go back and I'll delete look. that tweet and uh, just have, <laughs> have the original. <laughs> so when we, because obviously he jumped on with us for the pre-lockout chat um, before uh, the Friday night game, and 
you were saying that, and I was really tempted to change my VC after that. After and I obviously watched a clip, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just chuck the VC on him because just like it's a VC. I've got yeah. Taranto captain, um, who yeah, we'll talk about him later, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, Dunkley, 137, huge third quarter. Um, I'm glad I didn't put the moz on him um, after three quarter time. But yeah, very very big score. And if you don't have him, he would be a high target, I think. So, Guesty, do you think that it's fair to say that, like, when it comes to the VC, there's no point in jumping at Shadows? Like, we saw Bontempelli strapped calf two weeks ago. Some people jumped at that, missed a one. Yes. 128, yeah. Do you think that's fair to say? Like, don't bother jumping at Shadows? No, I don't think it's fair. I think you've got to kind of, I mean, like, this time of the season, there's some calls you've got to make. And I think you just got to, you know, I actually kind of lambasted bloody bales about saying this last week, like, go with your gut. But I actually kind of think you, there are times when you do do that. Now, for me, when I watched that footage of, uh, of Dunkley, it did send a little bit of a concern through my head. But I guess the thing that I kind of told myself is, well, of course he's still going through rehab. I mean, you only just come back. Like, it's not like... You're, you're at 100% and they stop doing rehab, rehab as soon as you're back in a game. So I, I just um, I wanted to hang on to it, and I, I really did like that matchup. I, and, look, I, I had no confidence um, going in Bont, and one of the things that I did, and, you know, this is one of the things that I've learned so much about this year, um, you know, having the pod and having so many guests on, you know, I've got to learn from a lot of great coaches. And um, I actually just went into the website and I looked at his venue average, Bont's venue average against... Um, at Mars, and it was 10, 15 points lower than most of his other venues, and that was enough of a flag for me. Of course, I felt a bit stupid at half time when I think he was on 80 or 70 along those lines, but um, but uh, it ended up paying off. So, um, so yeah, I've, you know, sometimes you've got to make these calls, and you know, sometimes you've got to. I mean, that, that's the other thing about you know, I'm sure, sure we'll talk to when we get to that game, but you know, the Roma, the Max Gorn. Um, you know, I mean, really, when we look at the Roma news, I mean, the only evidence that we had of his soreness was really um, um, Ross saying it. Like, we hadn't really seen any hard evidence. So, you know, you kind of got to try and weigh these up. And Ross is not known for being that honest. So maybe he wasn't bloody honest. <laughs> you know, just like, a bald-faced liar. <laughs> maybe. So, uh, you know, I think these are the, you got to analyse these little bits of tidbits of news and, you know, try and make a call. And maybe that's what's going to get your head in these last parts, especially when teams are so similar. Yeah, for sure. Now, while Dunkley was carving up, uh, his midfield counterpart was not carving no. up. And this guy's kind of shown that he's susceptible to a little bit of attention throughout the year. And uh, this just I, th- was I think Roy, I think Roy tweeted this one, but he's booked himself a tag for the rest of the season. When I you mean, get when you get uh, clamps like that, and it affects the team as well, you're getting beat by Gold Coast. And we're the talking about Lockie Neal, by the way. Lockie Neal, so. yeah. So <laughs> I think Lockie Neal can get the uh, the floor keeper. Probably also equally responsible is Tuke Miller um, getting the getting for the uh, giving him the old for uh, giving him the tag as well. But did you see he gave him the old? Uh, what well, that was a deal. That that was oh, was that so? Well, he's grabbing. Somebody's nuts. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an alpha move. Yeah, isn't it? it's uh, yeah, we will. We're not encouraging that, but <laughs> if you have to do it to anyone, Zorko's probably the guy to do it to. Uh, but <laughs> spicy, spicy. But uh, Brisbane fans probably won't like me saying that. No, nah, we're gonna get. Uh, but yeah, I think I think yeah, Neil's gonna. We'll talk about the, the trade out targets and the chopping block later. Uh, but obviously, just we'll see. Answers ask too many questions that we want to be answering at this time of the year. Uh, on the Essendon and Sydney game, best on ground. Who have we got here, Bales? Uh, I'll, can I throw to Tim for this one? Just because oh, yeah, I, want, I, want, I want the next game, the next game. Oh, on okay, fair enough. 
Yeah, this one was really tough. Um, I mean, Gordon and Merritt just scored so similarly. Um, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to give it to Merritt over Gordon just because he kind of did it for four quarters, whereas Gordon basically didn't do much in that first quarter and then kind of came alive. So, um, you know, that always just worries me with the player. But, uh, I mean, look, the other thing I think, I mean, they're both very highly owned players. Um and, I mean, especially with the run, which we'll talk about with the, the trading targets, like the Essendon running, uh, run coming up. Um, you know, I think you can't can't really avoid him. But, yeah, how, how can you split two blokes playing like that? 140s, yeah. Um, yeah, highly owned players, potentially some VCs and captains there as well. So, yeah, they definitely uh, played well. This other guy did not. Callum Mills, who <sighs> luckily I traded him out last week. I was a bit salty when he kicked two goals and outscored the guy who I traded in, but... More happy this week after I've traded him out. He's just an absolute shadow of himself and playing, obviously, a shit role now. I think he played a bit more in defense and on yeah. the wing um, as well. But, yeah, it's um, it's one of the the biggest disappointments of the season this year, I would say. Callum Mills, um, you know, fall from grace. And, you know, he's going to be cheap for us next year, but it's kind of getting to the point where for next year we want to... Do you even want to go there? Yeah, we want him to show us something. So, uh, yeah. He's just, I mean, um, he's a must I, mean, I, only just, I only just thought about this, so I'm kind of just throwing this in there. Is it purely role, or do you think he's I, I don't think it's Ryan? purely role. I don't, I don't think that if, because like, he was in the role weeks prior yeah. to the last couple, and he still wasn't scoring as well. He was going 90s. Um, and I think I think it's the Errol factor. I think is probably something that we're not speaking more, enough about. I think Errol... Like, one of the reasons that Callum Mills was such a good scorer is because he got the tackles, but he also got those uncontested marks and those sort of, like, sheet 45 kicks. And, and that's Errol's bread and butter right now, and he's he's getting a lot of that, and he's probably a better kick, a better user than than Mills. So, um, fair enough that Sydney want the ball in his hands a bit more. So, I think the rise of Errol is, um happened to the demise of, of Callum Mills, who, like we sort of said, is... You know, too good at being unselfish and uh, the consummate professional, which is not necessarily what us fantasy managers want. So, yeah. yeah. And really, really shout out to Gordon as well. I mean, he's, he's, he does better without the CBAs. Like, I mean, we don't, we, there's not a player really like him that scores like he does without really having that, yeah. that full CBA midfield role. It's, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, Mills, definitely someone who, if you have him in your team, you're definitely feeling the frustration. Let's move on to the uh, Adelaide showdown, Port versus Adelaide Crows. And uh, Bales is celebrating. He's coming off the high, Adelaide, with the victory. Who is the best on ground for your boys over in Adelaide there? Um, there's 23, and there are actually 24, I should say. Well, there's how, how many the assistant coaches are, the coach, the players. No. No, uh, yeah, but, uh, it, yeah, it was a great game, obviously. Went to the game um, and very happy with the win. But the best on ground goes to the guy that's been best on ground for the Crows for pretty much every game that he plays. And it's Jordan Dawson, 134, just continues to to excel. I didn't see him being a midfielder when we got him, um, and he's gone in that role, and he's just absolutely smashed it week after week. He's what second highest score, I think, in the, in the comp behind English, so yeah. he's been fantastic. But shout out to... I've got to shout out my boy. It's in the contract. Uh, Rory Laird, 115. Um, yeah. It was very odd not owning him for the first time in a long time, but he scored well and, and yeah, could be a potential target. Yeah, I think Luke Lillier forgot he had him. He was cheering him on, you know, watching the game, you know, just like he was his own player. But, yeah. Just a big lady fair, man. It was good. Yeah. It was contagious. Now, I, I want to take this flog because I've got, like... Don't spend too much time on it. Oh, it's, I, a fa- I, it's a fantasy I know, podcast. but I just, this really rubs me the wrong way because it the, the Port's team doctor... It rubs with, you the wrong way enough for you to tweet about it, too. Oh, it, it fucking gives me the shits because us fantasy managers have to cop players being suspended over bullshit tackles... 
um, that are just regular tackles for them trying to protect the player's health when something like this is the actual thing that we need to be stamping out of our game. And so in a roundabout way, our, us fantasy managers are fucking getting the, the brunt of this because team doctors are not doing their job and not even looking at a player for a concussion test when he's clearly concussed. I think, to be fair, like, this will get a lot of commentary this week, but, like, most of the teams and most of the doctors, I think, do, like, a really, really good job. There's yeah, just, but this was this, this was it looked blatant. Like, it looked like Alir Alir definitely was seeing stars, at least, for a bit there. And he anyway, flog, flog act, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, something needs to happen about this because I don't want our players being suspended over... Bullshit tackles. You would have been cheering if it was your fantasy player come back on. <laughs> you would have been like, well <laughs> yeah, done, Doc. Yeah. Well done, Doc. Keep him around. Give him a pay yeah, The fact it's a Lear Lear, I can get all high and mighty about it and no one has him. But yeah, I just think, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a bit shit. But so um, a definition of a flog act. Yeah, just just quickly on that, just watching it at the game, like the screens, everyone around us, because I was on the opposite side, but we saw it. And as soon as it happened, we we're all said both are knocked out. They're both oh, going to be out the rest of the game. So. And we're all thinking, well, we just hope they're okay. And then yeah. all of a sudden, we're like, uh, Rocky Jones subbed out migraine. And I'm like, that's a funny coincidence. And then uh, bloody uh, Alir Alir comes on six minutes. And we're just like, yeah. Well, they're, both, so. they're both in concussion protocols now. Yeah. So um, I think they have admitted that they should have gone through that test. But yeah. we, uh, we'll move on and we'll talk yeah. fantasy. Well, I can see Guesty just itching to tell us about the bog for the next game because uh, quite a unique player for him and scored really, really well. Talk to us, Guesty. His boy. Have a listen to these stats, boys. 108 in his last five, which makes him the fifth highest averaging uh, defender uh, in uh, in the last five. Only 3% owned in the top 105% owned in the top 1,000. It is my boy, Gavin Wanganin Malera, mate. I'm, so, I'm glad when you messaged us in the chat the other week that, that we both said, yeah, go that way. Because if we, if we hadn't offered he did, did this, you would have been pretty PO'd. Yeah. yeah, and look, you know, big concerns about the tag because obviously Finn McGuinness has been going to the outside player, not the inside, and um, Sinclair's been playing, playing more inside. Um, but I, you know, I mean, he was a unique player for me, so I, wanted, I just wanted to hold him just for the sake of being unique and kind of just, you know, cross my fingers and hope. And Well, knowing that they would most likely want to tag Sinclair, even though yeah. Sinclair was going to pro- probably play inside and just hope that it worked out. Yeah. And did, and I think um, I actually probably should have looked at his quarter by quarter stats, but he probably could have gone a lot higher as well. I think he was on, he's on eighty. I think eighty two at half time. I think yeah, eighty two at half time. So he'd finish on one twenty five, and I mean the last probably ten minutes. So he didn't really score that much. So um, yeah, I kind of thought he might have gone one thirty or one forty, but um, but being unique, um, especially when someone like Doc goes an eighty, was it an eighty three? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, was uh, was really good for me. So yeah, he's he definitely gets it. And shout out to Crouchy as well, 130. Yeah, yeah, goal, Crouch, so. man, he's back, yeah, hey. Big time. He was everywhere in that first half, a couple of goals, I think, in there yeah, as well. And Adelaide looks so good with that midfield mix too. Yeah. Now, um, flog from this game, um, he scored a 95, which is not the worst, but for all the hype around Sicily taking the on run, the Saints. The run, the run. And that matchup, <laughs> yeah. I think people were expecting 180. Um, yeah. So to get 95, I think a few people would have been quietly disappointed. Well, he had 165 did, did the Calvinator confirm he put the, the C on I believe he did. He did. I, so I, I believe he did. That's, um, that's rough. Didn't hear much about it in the podcast today, though. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, scored, he actually scored better once Blank came on. He, he, he did. was a bit better in the second half. It was just, yeah, yeah Blank sucked. Which has so. always been the thing for me. Freed him up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's always been the thing for me. Yeah. So, uh, move on to this game. We'll probably just on really quickly because it hurts too much. Richmond versus Melbourne. Um, best on ground. Bales, who have we got here? Uh, big Maxi Gorn, like 131. If, if if people did have the balls to to make that move and go Marshall to to Gorn uh, for their safety, 
you gain yourself 17 points and a lot of cash, Jen. And if surely they don't can't bring Grundy in. Like I know there's been yeah. talk about does he come in this week as a North Melbourne with Cherry and Goldie, but Gorn is if if he was doing this all year, he'd be the All Australian ruck. Um, he effectively but, scored 100 in the second half as well. Like I, don't I think 50 points in the last quarter as well. So yeah, it's huge. Got his uh, butt ripped by Goodwin as well. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine. Yeah. Um, Flog, you've got an interesting name here, here Luke. What's, yeah, I've uh, put Mitch as the Flog, so I had to <laughs> I had to sit and watch Taranto captain, so enough said. Anyone else who had to do that? Hey, if you just... We're, uh, we're boycotting the big boys. <laughs> hey, the, the other three of us on this podcast all followed the big boys, and we all got 120-plus scores. So, uh, you know, it's just, so, it's just you, mate. It's just he doesn't respond to your coaching. All right, we'll move Next. on. We'll move on before uh, he knocks me out here. West Coast versus North Melbourne. Last one, round us out here, Tim. Who's the best on ground? Mate, so once again, this is another guy that people, if not already on, should be looking to get on, and that's because he's got a 120 average in his last three, which is the second highest out of all players uh, with a th- uh, th- last th- Sorry, probably just midfielders, actually, in the last three average, and that's LDU. Um, but, you know, uh, got a lucky goal there at the end to get him up to the 120, but, um, but yeah, uh, cheap and uh, on a good run, so bring him in. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, can't agree more. Luke, who's the flog for this one? The flog's Mitch again because he got to watch LDU <laughs> get 120. Cool. And I had to sit there with my Taranto. So you're noticing a theme through this podcast. All right, let's move on. And we'll... Uh, should we throw it over to the man himself here to, to, to run through? Let's let's throw it over to, to oh, Guesty and, um, uh, and go through the Infinite Wealth and the oh. Content Creators Cup uh, summary of the round. We, we're in the, the first week of finals. Uh, what's what's happened I'm in so this first round? Oh, I, I, so I can do my steal. Yeah, wow, I'm so glad you're on, mate. AFL content Creators <laughs> Cup proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach your financial goals faster. We're winning coaches will get $5,000 for their favourite charity. Now, a reminder, there's something special for every coach available too. So head across to infiniteWealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy to claim your free five-module online learning program, the Fast Track to Freedom and Learn How. I bought 13 properties and retired by the age of 27. And I'll also teach you how to pay off your mortgage after three times faster, how to save thousands on tax every year, and how to build your wealth and replace your income uh, up to a passive income of about two grand a week. So I got a webinar coming up on the 8th of August. So head along to that uh, infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy. If you download the program, they'll put you on the list. We'll send an email out to you about the webinar and you can register and get on for that. But Mitch, I know uh, you've been through the program. I think Luke, you've been doing it as well. Mate, is that right? Yeah, man, I'm getting through. I'm not fully complete yet, but um, yeah, sitting down. Have and, it to do. Well, that's it. I'm making time to watch those videos, especially with a, a bub at home at the moment. Um, got a little bit of time on my hands when she's sleeping, so yeah. Ticking, ticking it off. Yeah, no, it's very good stuff. Would definitely recommend going and check it yeah. out. And why wouldn't you? Like, it's it's all yeah, free. It's like, free. go well. go and educate yourself. And and yeah, if um... uh, probably the big thing, like I said, I mean, this is something that my clients can pay up to three grand for, and it's something I'm making available to AFL fantasy coaches for free. So, in, guys, for sure. you, exactly. You might as well take advantage of it, even if it's not something that you're taking. You know, something that applies to you now, you can use it later. Um, but yeah, just quickly, probably just whipping through the fixtures. Um, Cup of qualifying finals this week. So it was uh, the so it was me up against uh, Junk Time Janitors, uh, and I picked him at twenty six twenty one versus twenty four thirty five. So getting the week off. Uh, then Mitch got the week off as well, up against Nathan from Hat Chat, the Over Mullets. 25.58 to 25.44. And then the elimination finals, Louis, who's been doing great over the past few weeks, uh, 25.43 beat Miller times 24.03. Uh, and then Destroy also, unfortunately, bowed out against the Statesman, 25.15. So 
not sure what uh, I think it'll be like Nathan Miller time this oh hang on I should go to the fixtures and have a look Statesman versus the Overmullets and Time versus Louis say she's so who was the top scorer for the round over the whole Oh, Bales, you want to say this? Oh, one? yeah, that was Bales. That was <laughs> oh, I, I set you up the alley out there. Thanks, Luke. And then uh, we're also in the top because uh, no, no one really cares about the content grows out and who wins it. Uh, it's all about uh, who's in the top eight overall. And I've now snuck in into seventh. So we're making a late charge for that. Oh, I'm not, probably not going to get the overall uh, one, but hey. But no, good luck to all the coaches that are fighting it out in the, um, in the final six. So. For sure. All right, let's move on to talk about some hot topics and some news over the weekend. All right, uh, let's talk about some news of the week. We're talking a few uh, injuries going this one, starting off with the Adam Chera hamstring for Carlton. So not that many people had Adam Chera, just more the fact that this might affect some of the roles moving around in terms of like uh, George Hewitt, uh, Sam Doherty, who's still getting lots of CBAs over there for Carlton as well. Um, do we do we like Sam Doherty as an inside mid player? Do you, do you boys think that he's going to be scoring more in the role that he's been in the last couple of weeks versus prior to that? I think I think it's it's game dependent, I think, because we saw him score well against the Eagles um, in, in portions because there was parts where he went quiet and whatever. He got a 130. So I think it, it doesn't matter where he is. I think it's probably match-up um, dependent. So the yeah. Saints this week, I think he'll go well regardless of where he plays because I think he'll get open for those sort of short plus sixes. But maybe if he plays a Bulldogs or, or someone like that, like a hard team to score against, even Carlton... Uh, Again, like they're pretty hard as well. Like he might struggle a little bit playing midfield compared to being in defence. He would would struggle versus Carlton, seeing how he plays for Carlton. So that would be just getting you there, mate. Bitches are always just fucking <laughs> on your bales. He's all just getting you. Oh, okay, right. uh, but I agree, I agree with you on that one, Bales. In terms of role dependent, I think I think that's like pretty natural that we see with yeah. most of those like big scorers as well. Um, but um, almost but doesn't yeah. matter. I think he's, he's still going to be top six, isn't he? So just a little note there for Tom Stewart. Um, you know, he's playing those random CBAs. They've yep. come back down again, so he's sort of back down to where we sort of expected him to be and still scoring well. So I think that's probably more where we'd want him to be. And uh, checking in on the Bulldogs carousel, um, McRae, CBA's up. Caleb Daniels, CBA's down. Had zero on the weekend. I think Bailey Smith also had zero on the weekend as well. So yeah. um, also notice that Bonts, whilst being tagged, moved a little bit more forward. Um, That's pretty in, natural. In, like. this, in this game as well. So um, yeah. versus Richmond, you wouldn't expect him to tag him this weekend. So perhaps that maybe brings McRae down again if Bont goes back into the midfield. That's me hoping as someone to trade him out. But... Uh, it's um, Russian roulette there with the doggies midfielders. Guesty, what did you think of um, Took Miller, the tagger? What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, so the word on the street is that he actually went and requested that role. Um, yeah, from I didn't Kutch. hear the commentators so, say that. Now, um, I mean, firstly, I think uh, we talked before about it kind of provides a little bit of a blueprint. I think we should be a little bit concerned about locking in moving forward. But to, talking more so about that Gold Coast midfield, um, look, I, I wonder whether he might be back out of those um, CBAs uh, next week without that kind of tagging role. Or you might see a Flanders come back in. Obviously, his Flanders CBAs went down this week, but I think that was purely just because of Took's role. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably what you've got to watch a little bit is maybe that Gold Coast midfield mix. I don't know that he's back in. I mean, I got off him and I'm pretty happy to be off him. And, I, yeah, I'm concerned about his role. Did they go to Jordan Dawson this yeah, week? I was just about yeah. to ask oh, Yeah, sorry, Mitch. Yeah, I was going to say that's a bit of a concern. Because um, I know you've been a bit worried about Laird being a tag yeah. target from a swallow. 
because I think I, he's I been tagged the last couple of times by him. Um, so I, I don't know if they run like a double tag. I could I could see it. I could definitely see it because it's, yeah. it's such a big game because the Crows are, I think, 11th or something like that and Gold Coast are 12th. I think it's yeah. this game probably knocks a team out of the finals race. So it's going to be quite a quite a big game. So if Gold Coast want to get an edge, take out the two best players uh, in the midfield for the Crows. I think something interesting that Guesty alluded to there before is the fact of how does this influence Sam Flanders as well? So we saw that his CBAs dropped down. He was still managed to ton up just. Is he now, Bales, do you think at a price where there's no point in going there because if you downgrade a premium to him, you might not make quite enough to get another premium up or, or is there still a scenario where you go to Flanders this week? Yeah, well, he's still at a cheap enough price, I think, that that move can be done. I think it depends on uh, what sort of play. Like we had Cara on with us uh, last night, obviously, AFL Fantasy Perth, and she's obviously doing very well. She is looking at maybe doing a Butters, who's got Geelong and Geelong, down to a Flanders for a little bit of a cash grab. Because Flanders was still sort of rolling up as that fourth midfielder, even though he was in the CBA. So I think 400 of his last five, I think he'll still be fine. It probably just affects maybe uh, maybe Noah Anderson is probably yeah. going to be affected there. Obviously, Rouse sort of scoring has been up and down anyway. And then maybe Took sort of will have gains where I have high CBAs and maybe, go as Tim said, might go back out of the uh, rotation mix. I did a bit of analysis on the top six forwards today, and I think that those, those that six F six, it's it's a mixture between Sheasel and, and Flanders as, as as number six, so he's definitely an option. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he just knows how to find the footy. Hey, I think he's, he's a thirsty I think, boy. I think in the resis, he's averaging like one thirty nine or something yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely an interesting watch. Those Suns midfielders. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think he's definitely still an option. Um, probably less enticing than he was a week ago, but still definitely an option. Um, moving on to the Sydney. Swans game, couple of injuries here. Rampy injured, Buddy Franklin injured as well, and also coming out today, he's he's retiring. Yeah, the as big well. man, Buddy. So, so um, congratulations hang, on a great career, I reckon. Hanging it up, still has the record for the highest fantasy score of all time. Is it is it two thirty? Two hundred and no, two hundred four, two forty, two hundred four. When it was when he kicked thirteen goals, hey, was yeah, two hundred four. It was yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, insane. the what highest. Career. Fantasy score of all time. So, and, was, and me and Tim got to see his final four games when he played pretty well. So, yeah, shout out to the bud on an amazing career. Um, sure. Don't know if that has too much fantasy implications, but you might see, you know, especially more of that rampy injury. You might see more of Callum Mills in, in defence as well, which he did spend a fair bit in the last game. Crows, um, your boys over there, Bales, they ran a very tight midfield rotation, I noted there as well, with Matt Crouch and the three, so the Laird and Dawson, all going very, very high in terms of the CBAs. Not too many other people going through with Crouch getting 21, Laird 22, and Dawson 23. Um, the next highest was Schoenberg and Sloan in there as well. So that really does affect a player like Keys. And I sort of stressed it last week that he yeah. was a must-trade as a guy who yeah. is playing forward. Hopefully you were able to get off last week, but if you still have him in your team, I would emphasize again that he is a must-trade out in your and side. I- and I don't see that changing as well. Crouch is, Crouch is playing very, very good football yeah. um, from a from a team system sense. Yeah. Uh, and he well, can't play anywhere else. Yeah, he can't play anywhere else. Led can play defence, but they're not moving around the midfield. And Dawson's yeah. uh, the midfield that can maybe push forward or in defence. So, it's, yeah, it's going to be probably top only about four, maybe five players running through there. 
We mentioned before Sinclair, um, you know, was tagged on the weekend because he wasn't playing in the sin- inside the CBAs. He was playing off half back. Zero yeah. CBAs for the game, which I thought was interesting. Well, he started he started the game with the tag, and um, we know that McGuinness is a great tagger. And then when they sort of dropped that tag in the second quarter, we saw what what a Went great player Jack Sinclair is. I think he had like a sixty, 60 point points. quarter or something. Yeah. So um, that certainly saved his scoring on the weekend. Um, but just an interesting one there with no CBA. So we'll see whether that continues. Guesty, I'm keen. Sorry, did you have something on that? Well, I was just going to say, I was very interested in the fact that he didn't move him into the inside when the tag was there. Like, we've seen Mm. him do that. I I thought that was curious. I thought for sure that they would make that switch. But no, just stuck fat and sort of, yeah, just broke the tag by playing really well. What were you going to say to Guesty? I was just going to ask Guesty. Guesty, you're a she's liner, I'm, I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought um, him back in. Yeah. And what do you? So what do you see um, as his role moving forward? So last quarter, I believe he went. He went forward. Um, yeah. So what do you reckon? Yeah. It looked like uh, obviously kind of in the middle of the year. There it looks like they were kind of changing up his role, putting him in the midfield, sending him forward a little bit. Um, then they kind of talked about no, nah, we, we, we're going to put him back. And I think there was that's when Aaron Hall was coming into the side a little bit. Um, and even Jack Siebel, but now, I mean, you know, Aaron Hall's out of the side. Jack Siebel's been playing as a sub for the last few weeks. It certainly does seem to be the case that when Jack Siebel comes on, there's a little bit of a shift in Sheasel's role, which yep. does uh, worry me. But I'm also, uh, I think Bales was telling me Clarkson's back this yep. week. Yeah, right. about this week. So, yeah. I mean, I'm also now like, oh, what happens now? Because, I mean, man, Clarkson, I mean, he had him in that cherry role at the beginning of the year. Yeah. He's scoring 130s. I mean, I'm fingers crossed, man. That's that's what it goes back to. But, um, um, yeah, kind of, I've got, I think, you know, I want to see Zebel out of that sub role. It'd be nice to see him out of the side. It'd be nice to see him do an injury, the old man do a calf or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's the, the old man's injury. Just, my, uh, my, just uh, before uh, he retires. Just copy, <laughs> copy. Uh, <laughs> Retire. Yeah, copy buddy, do a do a injury and yeah, yeah just kill on out. Hey, we're, we're sure not a, has, I think he has retired. I think it's uh, end of the year. Yeah, he's end of the year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we're we're not above uh, wishing injuries on players here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, 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 hold on. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I never real, never never heard of such blasphemy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to this next segment here. <laughs> I pulled, the, I pulled the headband off from the front again. You I don't know. I don't know um, let's I go through. Every, I do it every time at home. <laughs> let's go through the chopping block here. Now, I've done this list, but I want to get your boys' thoughts on the, I guess, the order in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. what we're doing. If people have multiple of these guys, who are we prioritizing getting out of our side urgently? So, number one here, I've got Caleb Callum. Daniel. <laughs> okay, he's <laughs> on the list, not at the top here. I've got Callum Mills. There's. There's a few guys here that are pretty urgent, I reckon, though. Callum Mills, Ben Keys, then your uh, George Hewitt, and then your boy Caleb Daniel there. I think all four of those guys are fairly urgent. I've prioritised Callum Mills at the top here because he is taking that midfield yeah. spot. Yeah, um, sure, and um, Ben Keys probably has the, I guess, lowest floor of them as well. But again, forward line. So those two, I think, are the most urgent George Hewitt is tough because he's going to score average, but his price is low. So if he's a guy on your field... some good games to come, George Hewitt. Yeah, so... I want to hear the boys. What Boys, what are you, who are you got in your shopping block? Who are you kung fu? Well, I've got Mills. He has to go. I just, okay. I'm, sick of, I'm sick of that guy. He's got to go. Um, and yeah, and we, we talked about uh, Hewitt last night with um, with Karen. We were saying that because he's so cheap, like you're going to have to rob a bank to go up to someone unless it's just Flanders or someone. But he's got Hawthorne this week. No Walsh, no Chera, no Kennedy. I, I, don't, I don't believe Kennedy would be back anyway. So he's, he's going to be in the midfield and he's going to be one of the main guys. So 
you could hold. But yeah, Keys and Mills. Well, Mills and Keys are the, definitely the top two. Tim, would you probably agree with that? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And also because they're both taking up. But, oh, sorry, no, well, Mills is definitely taking up that midfield spot. But yeah, Keys, you've got to be worried about with his role as well. Yeah, so I think I think those all uh, sound alright. What about what about your boy Caleb Daniel? Like, do you do you have you traded out Mills this past week? So yeah, so it was Mills or Daniel to go. So you had a lose lose um, situation. For, like. Yeah, for me, <laughs> well, I ended up yeah getting the the worst of the two. But yeah. um, you'd yeah. be happy with the Mills in your in your side. Let, let's put it this way: I wouldn't be here today if Mills had a tunned up. Yeah, um, true. So, but um, uh, but yeah, I think Caleb Daniel. I mean, like you can't look at a thirty nine, can you? I know we don't want to be. I also just think that the volatility of the role, um, you know, the Bevo factor, yeah. you've got other guys, like he's got a bit of money in his head. You can still downgrade him to a Flanders um, and make some money and still maybe do something with your other trades. So I one, think he's fine. One small sort of thing I'll just add with Caleb Daniel is his next three games. Um, he's got Richmond at Marvel, Hawthorne at Utahs and West Coast at Marvel. So because eh? if he's in your forwards, if you don't want to, go to anyone because not many options besides maybe a Flanders. So let's break he it down. Perhaps... What, what's changed with him? Because he was getting midfield time, right? No, he wasn't Hard. getting midfield time. He, he was not, not this Early weekend. Not this past weekend. Yes. So yeah. I guess he's saying like previous and then And then what? He went more to halfback and that's where he started scoring. But what we've seen, like this week we saw Jason Johansson come back in, right? Yeah. Do you think that he kind of messed with that role? Is that... It's, it's been a tough watch. Like, I tried him in three weeks ago for his then lowest score of the season, which is like a mid-60s or something like that. And he had the role that night when I was watching. He was in the CBAs. He was around the footy. He just couldn't find it. And then last week, he gave us sort of a 110. And you think, oh, it's not too bad. And then this week, um, I didn't watch the game. But I think Mitch was saying that he was just devoid of CBAs. There was, it was, there was all nothing there. He was all on the wing. I think yeah, a lot zero. of wing time. I think and it's then just role volatility CBAs. recently. The other thing I also wanted to mention as well is um, Ed Richards was out of that game with illness. So you would maybe think that he comes back into the side and yeah. maybe that positively affects him because that's what moved him back into the midfield, I think, a few weeks ago when McRae shit the bed. So, um, look, for me, in terms of this time of the year, I'd rather just not be doing all this, like, maths and start trying to figure out where all the Bulldogs players are playing when who's coming in. Um, so he is a trade-out target for me. Um, there might be some more pressing you know, players in your team, like yeah. a Mills or a Keys, but I still think at this time of the year, I'd rather not be relying on all these things to align for him to score well. And even when he does score well, it's like a 110. It's not like he's got a, a super high Probably ceiling or anything like that. Yeah. So um, I still think he's definitely someone you can be reactionary and trade out. Can I throw these next three guys over to Bales and uh, get your opinion here, Bales? So I'll group these guys, Himmelberg, Windhager, Darcy Cameron. What kind of order would you be looking to move those guys on in? Um, so it's, it, it's tough with, with Winhager because he's been two great, two sort of tons, and then he gets a 70. First half was great. Second half, he got burnt. Uh, Mason Wood can, can, can piss off uh, the amount of times he's burnt Winhager on the weekend. Couldn't believe it. I was yelling at the pub, and I'm just like, Mason Wood, you idiot. But, um, and probably a few more ex- ex- explicit ones. But, um, but yeah, uh, Winhager, I think he's probably got to be the top just because – that he's at the end of the day a rookie price player. I know it's his second year and whatever, but I'd have him number one. I think I'd then have Himmelberg number two. I think that there's too many guys back there. You've got Himmelberg, you've got uh, Whitfield, you've got Lockie Ash, you've got even like Iden and, and Taylor and Buckley and guys like that get involved in that sort of plus six chains back there. So yeah. 
I know he got a 112 the week before, um, but I'd get rid of him. And then, yeah, Darcy Cameron, well, me and Tim were talking about it, so I probably want to see what um, Tim thinks about Darcy Cameron. But Hawthorne this week, um, he's got coming up a um, bit of a tough game with Reeves back in, but um, I don't know if people should be necessarily moving off because is there anyone to go to in the forward line? But Yeah, the thing, the thing that concerns me about Cameron is we've seen in the past, like Collingwood, when they come up against these tall Ruckman, it, it was Wits a couple of weeks ago, that they have more of a tendency to want to play Cox in the ruck position. Cox got sub. Cox got sub. He did get sub. He was god awful as well. I think he yeah. had like three touches. So if he's not named, then it it's obviously feels a lot better. But I just know that from history, those tall, you know, tap ruckmen like a Wits, like a Reeves, yeah. those kind of guys, they prefer to play at Cox a little bit more than they normally would um, otherwise. But um, look, he's not the top, top priority, but I still think that he's... I don't think he's a top six forward. Um, you know, he played a good game, still didn't ton up. Yeah. So... What are your th- what are your thoughts, Guesty? Is there like a scenario where you can loop him again this week or...? Oh, look, I think you really want to be getting off him. I think we I think we kind of got away with one last week. Like, um, I was really worried when Pitt was in the side, Pitnett was in the side, because he's a much tougher ruck matchup uh, than uh, Tom DeKonig. And But then I think what I saw in the game was that um, Pitt played a bit forward in that first quarter, and I think that really let Darcy Cameron kind of get a bit up the ball and he had a quite a good scoring first half but then as the game went on Pitt got more into the ruck uh, and uh, and that kind of really started to shut down Darcy's scoring I mean I think you know we've got concerns like what Mitch just said about in terms of the role and um, how Colin would play those taller rucks but I think even if you just look at his scoring I mean what do we really expect from him I mean probably only an 85 or something along those yeah. lines he's had scores along those lines yeah. you know the past few weeks and if you're looking at like a Flanders or a Sheasel and an F6 I mean you would you would be hoping that those kind of players are going triple figures so I think it's just too many points to be losing at that F6 spot um, and uh, the, the only other thing that I wanted to say about Marcus Windhager, and this actually wasn't my idea, this was Cara's idea last yeah, night yeah. when we were talking about it. This is brilliant. No, but, uh, this is so far what I've done. Um, I was thinking about first, oh, you know, I might hold Windhager and I might loop him and, you know, and maybe just trade down another rookie that would get me to where I want to go. But um, if I actually trade down Windhager this week to a like a, a basement rook, 200K Wooker, a Dante Vicente for 205K, it cashes me up like 400-odd K. I can do my my trades, and then it still leaves me with like $273,000 in the bank for next week. So that'll allow me to do like a double move next week. So, you know, I know like in my side I've got a Butters and a Neil that I'm particularly worried about. You know, it'd be nice to be able to get off both rather than just one. Um, and I think that that might give me a little bit of a leg up on the comp. So I think that's the play. Get the cash down. You might only be able to do a little upgrade this week, but you might be able to do two upgrades next week. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a fair point too. Like, uh, I think a lot of coaches might be finding at this time of the year that they actually have a little bit of cash on their bench. Like, if you own sort of um, two or three of the Eagles boys there, and yeah. there's people who still own Windhager and, and whatnot, you're looking at your bench thinking there's a little bit of cash there. That uh, and Get cash on, on the, the bench means um, you know points left off the field. So uh, it's going to be a bit of a battle to try and get that cash onto the field over the next few weeks. Yeah, because we've had a few injuries as well, so we haven't been actually doing rookie downgrades yeah. in the last couple. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's Those are sort of my moves as well. And especially, you know, if you are in a finals or something like that and you do have that double shot and you've got two upgrades you can make next week, you know, that might be something that you could definitely definitely use. I know I'm cashing up this week because I can kick my feet up and, uh, <laughs> and, and relax there. So hopefully I can spend it next week. So would you boys have it in that order? Would you have it Winhager, Himmelberg, Darcy Cameron? Is that the order we'd probably have it? Or would you maybe swap Himmelberg and Winhager? Or... It's t- yeah. Look, I, I'd probably... 
I just don't think you can have a Himberg on field. That's the only thing he's going to kill. Yeah, him. exactly. I think I think if you've got like say these guys are all on field, I would probably rank it that way. I honestly think that Marcus Mateo could outscore a Himberg, and his at least his yeah. price is going up. So if those guys are sort of you know, ideally you'd trade both. You'd trade a Windhager down and a Himmelberg up if that was sort of your option. But, um, mm. you know, say you had to pick and choose and you wanted to fix up a, a Keys or a Kale Daniel as well, um, then I, I would prioritise getting the guy who's on your field to someone a bit better, um, yeah, and sort of upgrade your points that way. So that's sort of why I've ranked it that way. Let's talk about, just to finish off this chopping block here, a couple of maybe more luxury moves. A few of these guys in the midfield here, Lockie, Lockie Neal, yeah. um, obviously tagged on the weekend. We think that potentially this might be a blueprint moving forward. Tuke Miller, who did the tagging. Noah Anderson, who's getting affected by a few more numbers in the CBAs. And Zach Butters, who a lot of us have, but it's just kind of a little bit of step off the uh, the top five forwards there. Um, Bales, how would you sort of look at these guys and do you think that any of these guys jump out at you as a guy that you'd be trading out? So, so it was Butters, Tuke, Neil, Anderson with the other four? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I know Kara was saying last night she's keen to move off of a, a Noah Anderson um, just with that sort of role to Lee, you just don't know. And, and is it a price where you can get him to someone that's got a surefire role? You've got plenty of midfield targets, which I won't say many actually will go through through them after, but there's plenty in the midfield that you can look at. Um, I would look at jumping off Neil as well. I think that was a bit of a blueprint Um on the weekend, I wouldn't be surprised. I think uh, the Traders boys said Hayden Young did a bit of a job on Dangerfield um, on the weekend. And then I think he's got the Crows a week after. So Ben Keys, you can pretty much lock that in. He'll go to him there. Um, so th- those two. Butters is another interesting one. He's sort of – he had that really good run where he's averaging about that 110 mark for about six weeks. But a lot of those games were easy games for people to score in. So – down in Geelong this week, we know that he had that growing thing a couple of weeks ago. Is We don't know if it's still lingering, but he's another one. But the hard thing with him is who are you going to? Like you might already have Sheasel, you might already have Flanders. Besides those two, if you haven't, if you've already got the top five, who are you, who are you going to? There's not really anyone that screams out. So, and then Tuke's a hard one. Like sort of, is, if he keeps tagging, he's going to play midfield. Could he? Could he score right there? I don't know. Um, Tim got off him last week after a week. He, he saw enough. So, I think all of them can go. Um, it's very, very hard to rank. It's probably who you can get to is probably going to dictate who I'll, you I'll, I'll give it a crack. So I think you'd, Lockie Neal's the number one target to get out, out of those four. Um, that, that tag is going to – he can 50s, 60s for the next couple of weeks, and that will kill your chances. Um, I – look, I, I would have put Zach Butters next, but I think the point that Bales made about who the hell do you go to. I mean, you know, it, it, he's next if you haven't got a Dunks. He's next if you haven't got a Flanders, I think. Um, yeah, I can uh, see that for sure. Yeah, um, but I would probably, it, but take those out. I guess if you've got those players, I would then put Took next. And the reason I'm concerned about Took is because of that role. Um, you know, I, I, you know, we talked about trading out Took and trading out Crouch and all that kind of stuff last week. And you know, when I saw Took doing that tagging role, I was kind of, I was like, oh my god, this is a masterstroke. Yeah. You know, made my year. You know, like kind of thing. And thinking he was going to score a forty, um, but then he bloody outscored Neil. So. Um, but I'm just really worried about that role. And then Anderson, uh, I actually have a lot more confidence in him. I think he's probably the last one to worry about. 
Yeah, agree, d- yeah, definitely that tagging role week to week is a concern because like you'll see some weeks where the tackles are high and you're around the footy that you get that decent score, but um, could very easy be a 70 next week. So I, uh, I don't mind that from you, yeah. Kirsty. And 97, we're not accepting 97s this week with, uh, with our premium mids. So yeah, I agree. I'd probably... Yeah, I, I agree with your point about the Butters thing as well. So if you don't have a Dunkley, if you don't have one of those clear top guys, then he might definitely be your ticket there. But otherwise, yeah. like trading him to a Sheasel, trading him to even a Flanders or something like that, <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're getting much to me. Um, so if it's only those guys you're going to, I don't feel like that's much of an upgrade versus if you can get a Miller to someone you know, like a Merritt or like one of those big guys in the midfield, I think that that's more points gained. So... That will do with the uh, the chopping block there. We'll move on to our final segment of the day, talking about who are we going to. So uh, before the before the pod, we sort of talked about... We need, we need a sound grab for trade targets. We do target. need a sound grab. We haven't what had would, one all season. What would be a good sound grab for trade targets, boys? Dro- anyway, go drop, like drop a, like a, maybe like a, a bow and arrow hitting a, hitting a target? Yeah, just right. like a... <laughs> just battle over. We'll just record that. Yeah, just record that. Let uh, maybe maybe the the good the good people over at the Ball Boys HQ can uh, can give us some yeah, suggestions some of- in the comments. They they come up with all that good ideas, really. So. True, we haven't actually had an original idea ourselves no, yet. It's, no. it's been everyone else. So give us give us some sound grabs for the trade targets. But let's uh, let's go through. We've all got a top three. I'll I'll start with uh, Bales. Who's your top three trade targets? We'll, we'll maybe just run through them all together. See who's similar. And, uh, yeah. and then maybe talk about some alternative options. Yeah, so I, I did have two alternate options, but obviously we'll talk about them in a sec. But my top three, you can't go past the Essendon run. Uh, West Coast this week, North Melbourne the week after, both at Marvel. Merritt's got to be, for me, number one. Um, I think that he's, we know his ceiling's as high as anyone in the AFL. 140 on the weekend. I was a bit nervous about that game, actually. Uh, I thought he was going to cop some too. attention, but... He didn't um, and scored obviously very, very well. So he'd be number one. Darcy Parrish is number two. I know people are going to look and see that 93 got a low 100 the week before. They think he got another 90-odd the week before that. But he, I don't think he scored 100 against Sydney in his career. I think it's 10 games. I think he's gone under 100. So I wouldn't be looking at that. I'd be just looking at the fact he's got West Coast and North Melbourne. If anyone's going to be tad, it's going to be Merritt. So I think Parrish is – he could arguably be more – uh, a better pick than Merritt because he's more unique. He's not going to cop the attention. So, but I've got Merritt there at number one, Parish two. And we mentioned before, Josh Dunkley, number three, came back last week, looked great. And a lot of people didn't, still didn't jump on because they wanted to wait one more week. And um, sort of, yeah, I would, I'd be jumping on him. They'd be my top three. And I think, Tim, you've got a similar list here, mate. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, look, I, I probably just prefer Dunkley above Parish just because I'm not a massive Parish fan. I, I, he's a, can be a bit volatile and, I think I just prefer to go Dunks, um, uh, and obviously he's got top six forward, right? So you don't have him. I think he's going to be a bit higher up. Um, I think LDU deserves a look as well. Uh, obviously, with the you know his last three average of one hundred and twenty. Um, and look, the, the other thing that I wanted to say is probably what most people are actually thinking is Laird is probably the number one target to bring in this week. But um, I want to throw to the Laird man himself because he can walk us through exactly what's coming and um, and why we don't have him on our list. Yeah, well, I was uh, I was a bit surprised that uh, Tim and Cody didn't jump off last night when they heard uh, some of the utter garbage that I was uh, throwing out. But I actually, I, I would I would actually go Parish over Laird this week, which I never ever thought I'd be saying. I never thought I'd be saying anyone over Laird, to be honest. But I, I, we did say before about Gold Coast, where Swallow's gone to Laird two times this year, uh, two times. So the past two times they've played each other. He went uh, after quarter time in the game in Darwin, and I think Laird had a. 12, 13 uh, disposal opening quarter, and he was on about 30. Yeah, odd. he was on for a big one. Got, got tagged, and he got held to about a, a mid-80 score. So 
I just think that you can wait till the week after they got Sydney, uh, no Brisbane at the Gab, which is is still tough, but not going to cop a tag. Whereas I just I'm a bit worried about the tag this week. Whereas as I said before, I don't think Parrish is going to cop any attention. So, um, but I still think Led's a good target. Um, and if he doesn't get tagged, he can go massive. But yeah, I don't know what you boys think about that. But yeah, I, I tend to agree. I've been uh, I've been eyeing off Parrish for this round for the last few weeks. So I, he's my number one target. I'd, I'd almost even say he's my number one target over Zach Merritt just for the uniqueness factor. And like you said, if there is any attention, it'll go to Merritt. And Parrish can run free. And he also just strikes. And we've talked about this in the preseason, Luke. Like he seems like the kind of guy that when he's got it on his terms, like he can score as big as anyone. And and what better way fair than having fair weather sailor is what you fair weather sailor and and what there'd be no better weather than going up against uh, West Coast and it's North good, Melbourne. Pretty good weather. That's like Cancun. That's Cancun, that's Cancun, right, Cancun. right there. So uh, I think he's going to have a big couple of rounds here. Uh, Josh Dunkley just because of the forward factor, and I'll also throw out. Caleb Strong as a target that I also really mm-hmm. like. Um, he's got Brisbane this week, which you normally would look at and go, that's a tough matchup. But Brisbane have been giving up a decent amount of points. Uh, obviously, see the Suns that, you know, all their mids basically turned up on the weekend as well. Um, and then after that, I think he has a West Coast matchup as well in back-to-back games. So I think that he is someone that you can definitely have a look at as a super high floor, somewhat unique kind of a player. Um yeah, despite getting that off log earlier in the podcast. Um, are, you, are you worried about his ceiling? Because he hasn't really put up too many 120 scores. Are you, are you more getting him in for that high floor? or um, I feel like he, he doesn't have like the 150 ceiling, but I'm still confident that he's going to be scoring between like that 110 and 130 zone. And if you can give me a 120 and a 130, like I'm pretty happy with that. He's gone over 130 once this year, but he's given us one, two, three three 120 pluses and a bunch of other scores over 110 as well. So I'm pretty happy with that. And as someone who's only gone under 100 twice this entire season, the first the first one of which was when he was being tagged in round one. Uh, sorry, three times if you um, include that one as well. So I just feel really, really safe with him. And I still think there's a decent amount of ceiling there. It's sort of like what we talked about with Cogs a few weeks ago, just because we haven't seen the ceiling yet doesn't mean that that ceiling isn't yeah. there. Um, he's got the role. He's got the the ability to rack it up. So, um, yeah, I, I feel really good about him. I'm not too concerned about the lack of ceiling so far this season. In terms you, of um, your list, yeah, a few people that I'm looking at. Look, I Darcy Parish is a tricky one for me because on the very first podcast that we ever made, I said pick players that you like to watch. That that was kind of like my. Yeah. My ethos, and then I. And how's that going and, for you? This and then year? I proceeded to do the exact opposite, and it <laughs> fucked me every time I did it. So, <laughs> like Darcy Parish for me is, um, you know, without casting too much shade, I just don't. I feel like there's a little bit of mental fragility there, like when the tension does come. But the, the matchup is so juicy, so there's every chance that I go against my rule and go there again this week. Laird was the guy that I, I sort of thought. Laird can score regardless, but now that Mr. Laird has been on the podcast and has, has warned me against it, it would be... Wearing your Laird team shirt too. Well, I am, yeah, I got the, the big boys on, so um, I'll, I'll tread lightly there. The other, in terms of just to throw out some different and spicy picks, because we've kind of all gone for yeah. I think I think Parrish and all those SN boys will be a popular trade I think they'll be popular trade-in. I reckon if you were looking for a um, defender that is just in a bracket below like Doherty and Sicily that hopefully can continue his good run. Gavin might yeah, be yeah. might be a different sort of pick. Um, and then the other person that I thought, and this, of course, would have been a great move two weeks ago, but again, if you were just looking to swing for the fences, if you could take like Marshall uh, down to Gorn, 
bank that, whatever it is, 120K, maybe you've got some cash in the bank and then you could actually use that downgrade to turn, let's say, like a Butters into someone else, like a Dunkley or something. Maybe that wouldn't be the most ridiculous move. So I'm not normally an advocate for like full spicy, but considering you boys kind of went vanilla, I'll throw out some just different scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think I think Vax Gorn is still <laughs> definitely an option, even though the price gap is reduced. Um, you're not making as much money, but we saw him outscore Marshall on the weekend. You got 20 points up, yeah. and you made that money. So, yeah. what were you going to say, Guesty? I was going to say, speaking of spicy, um, especially with Adam Chera doing his uh, hammy, oh, Nick Newman in defence. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could be a real play as a, a spicy take in that defence line. Hey, he's been really playing really well off that halfback line since Doc, Doc has gone a little bit more into the midfield. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, last four scores: one hundred eight, one hundred eight, ninety three, one twenty three. Um, I'm not sure what's his what's his run. Can't have a decent run. Saints, Melbourne, Saints, Melbourne, Suns. Suns been giving up. Suns been giving up a lot of points. Well, I think Melbourne are pretty generous. So, what's his price? We know yeah. he's a guy that has a ceiling as well. So, yeah, mm. yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's spicy. I, I also still just love the Luke Ryan pick as well as someone who I've talked about him being a great pick and I just never have got him into my side at all this season. But it just it just seems hard to pull out like and trade out one of those guys inside the, uh, you know, those top five or six defenders. But I, I still think he's, he's putting up a great season. And, uh, yeah, so if you can find a, a, a nice way to get to him, I still think that he is a, a good player to, to trade in. He's got the Eagles um, after this week as well. So good matchups on the horizon. Sure. Now, before we sort of wrap things up, boys, were there any um, like sort of bits and pieces that you thought might be worth some discussion this week before we... Do we want to talk about the Gorn Marshall thing a little bit more? I mean, uh, yeah, I think we flesh that probably out. was a play last week. I mean... Probably still is a play. I mean, I was concerned about. Uh, I was really concerned about the matchup against North Melbourne this week, and with the potential, well, with obviously North Melbourne playing Cherry and Goldstein, that they might bring um, Grundy back in. But with Harrison Petty playing so well on the weekend, I kind of think that puts a line through Grundy coming back in, unless they want to rest Gorn this week a bit in in preparation for finals. But um, still enough cash. I think it's uh, and like Bale said before. Did outscore Marshall, so I think it's a play. What do you what do you guys think of that? Well, my my sort of question is, um, does it depend on where you're ranked? Like, are we all in agreement that it's like it, it's a play that gets you from, you know, rank one sixty into the top hundred, or it's a play that gets you from rank, you know, twelve hundred into the top thousand? Like, is is that the kind of play that we see it as? It's not a play that you'd make if you were looking for safety. Is that like yeah? I don't know if the risk is as high as what it maybe is perceived to be because simply just because Marshall is like so highly owned. Like I think you're going to Max Gorn. Like it's not yeah. like you're jumping on, you know, Xeri. Yeah, Xeri or some <laughs> unknown guy. Like it's Max Gorn. He's the best ruckman in the comp. Like I mean, it's, it's, Marsh- Marshall's as likely to get a rest as Grundy is to come back in. So I guess like there's risk in. Staying with, I, I think I said this before as well. Grundy's not coming back in, in no. my opinion, and taking the ruck away from from Gorn. Like you can't watch like and um, was it Petty who yeah. kicked the six goals so, or yeah, whatever? Sure. That and kick four as well. So like they're tall forward stocks are getting it done. Oh, I um, couldn't agree more with you purely from like a, a football perspective, but. I think that there would be some questions to answer from a few people at Melbourne if we've gone and recruited this fella to our club. Are, are, 
are we certain that Melbourne is going? Now nah, we're we're cutting ties. Like we're. I reckon. We're, it, I reckon it definitely feels that way, and I feel like there's been a lot of the talk that that's what it's been like the last couple of weeks. Do you guys have you seen it the same sort of way? Yeah, I've I've heard a bit of a bit of talk chatter here that that Port might be a potential sort of club that are looking for him. So I I think he's I think he's probably going to go. Um, yeah, okay. So I. Gorn's the captain. We haven't seen him be this solo ruck like he is at the moment for probably three, four years because Jackson was there and, yeah, and yeah. taking a fair bit last couple of years. So last time he was, he, he averaged 120 points. So yeah, he single-handedly yeah. took that rich, that game away from Richmond on the weekend. Yeah, he did. I, I still think there's and look, I, I was seriously looking at this move last week, and you know I've been progressing in a, an upwards direction. My team's looking pretty solid. I decided against it because I feel like there's more of a risk with Gorn than there is Marshall, just because. Um, you know, they're storming into the finals. Gorn has been playing, you know, high time on ground. And I just, um, you know, I just wonder whether, you know, up against North or up against the Hawks or whether they're going to rest him or, or give him a bit of a break in preparation for that finals run. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's a massive risk, but, you know, kind of when weighing it up, I just feel like there's just that little bit too much risk with Gorn. Um, and I, I was kind of afraid that it might derail my system in a season if something like that did happen. But it's definitely, definitely a play. It's a definitely. serious play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, um, the, only, the last thing I wanted to finish on before we wrap up today, guys, we're coming into finals for a lot of fantasy leagues, and um, some people, you know, that aren't like yourself, they're guessy and, and in contention for a hat. Uh, they might be turning their attention to their league finals and things like that. So, d- do you boys think that there's a difference in like your trades when you are focusing on leagues versus focusing on trying to get the overall rank? Like, are you? looking at your opponent's matchup and, and just trying to pick, you know, either matching one of their opponents, uh, one of their players, or, or, or do you think there's much of a difference and how would you play it if you're coming up against a, a tough matchup in your league's focused, uh, Bales and, and Guesty? Yeah, I think the, the way to play is you got to start with your projected score. Um, so kind of, and, you know, maybe you've got to do a little bit more detailed work and then, you know, go and have a look at what your players are going to score compared to the matchup. Um, and I think then the, the strategy is, okay, am I behind, like, am I the underdog or am I, you know, the kind of the, the favourite here? And then depending on um, which one you are will depend, then go your strategy. You know, if you're favourite, um, you might want to equalise to try and, you know, reduce the chances of a unique player getting above, on top of you, right? Um, on the flip side, you know, maybe you try and go unique uh, the other way. But then I think the big difference is also, I think captains is a really big place where you can get a, a, a leg up. So, yeah. you know, look for that VC that could go, you know, with a massive ceiling that is, you know, not the popular captain for the week yeah. um, because that that's what could get you your league win. I definitely agree. Guessy, you should definitely go to a trusted source for your captains each week. That's right, mate. We're, we're <laughs> only ones that have credentials, mate. Correct, correct. Not uh, 125 in the last two rounds, boys. Let's go. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms yes. of like matchups, I was just going to say about about this player, and, and probably not many people are going to be in this scenario. But Collingwood have got Hawthorne this week. Is there a play for your elimination final, and your team's sitting pretty good? Could you trade Nick Dacos for a week? Is anyone considering that? I know a few people have, have asked me about that, and have sort of gone Hawthorne, Finn McGuinness. Is I like that. Hey, is there a play there with the elimination final. If you sort of got a play to win. Is that a play for coaches to look yeah. at for a week? It was interesting. Dacos is going to play more midfield. Sorry, Luke. Mate. Dacos might play more midfield, in which case Finn yeah. might not go to him. Yeah, it was interesting to see as well on the weekend, like once St Kilda got right on top of that game in the first quarter, they then dropped the McGuinness tag on Sinclair as well. So like how much that comes into it. But I agree, midfield may be less susceptible to it. But I, I don't mind it as like a, a cheeky little play, Bales. 
could be one of those yeah. ones that you um you brag about for years after if it comes off, eh? I think I think you'd have to have a pretty good team to, yeah, to exactly do that. Right. Like yeah. If you've got any of those guys on the chopping block that we sort of spoke about, I think they're getting off them first. They're, they're the priority. But you know, it, it could be a play. Uh, I just think that we've seen Dacos get tagged before this season, and as good as you know, uh, what's his name McGinnis is. Um, yeah. I still think that Dacos can, you know, at least get his sort of eighty to ninety points. Yep. So that's my, my two cents there. But uh, thank you very much, guys, for jumping on the podcast today. Before we wrap up, let us know what you guys have got going on and where everyone can find all your content and uh, and yeah, pump yourselves up for a bit. I'll throw it to, to um, Guessy first. Uh, yeah, look, you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Guestau. In fact, you can find me basically on any social pipe at Tim Guestau. Whether you want to follow money stuff or fantasy footy stuff. Um, uh, look, I'll throw it to Bales for his uh, Twitter handle and for the the pod and, and for the, uh, the our you know our fantasy fanatics. But things I just just did want to say, boys, is fucking great job this year. Like, um, if we had an awards, uh, if there was an awards night for uh, fantasy footy podcast, you guys would definitely get best new talent. So uh, it's been just, a, uh, mate, I've loved, I've loved tuning in. I don't normally watch. I don't watch any YouTube live shows until this year, and I'm now sitting on the couch on a Friday afternoon watching your live show, and and uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So good job, boys, and uh, yeah, everyone's been enjoying it. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thank much you. appreciate. Yeah. It's it's worrying that people are actually enjoying what we're doing. <laughs> 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 oh, we appreciate it. Thank you very I much, guys. Bells, where, where yeah. can we catch you? Um, and then I'm just at Bells DT um, on Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, Truly Bells HD on uh, YouTube. So yeah, and obviously go and follow the AFL Fantasy Fanatics um, account on uh, Twitter, and then also go and follow it wherever you get your podcasts. And whatever, it's been great fun. Uh, it literally started from the AFLW Fantasy Twitter space, and just said, Tim, let's start a podcast. Uh, and and Tim was yet yeah, said, Yep, yeah, let's let's do it. And it's been fantastic. We've obviously had you boys on there multiple times this year. We've had amazing guests on there. And that's the thing that's great about fantasy communities. Everyone is willing to, to collaborate with one another, go on everyone's pods, share opinions, and it's that's what's so good about fantasy communities. And I can only echo what, echo what Tim said about you boys doing such a great job uh, every sort of Monday, Tuesday night. Um listen to you boys on the on the wrap up and then on the Friday show with the with the beers and, and whatever. I, I don't know the amount of times I've sat back and just absolutely pissed myself laughing just with, with some of the content that comes out. So and good quality information. So uh, if you boys if people watching haven't subscribed to your channel yet, what are you doing? You gotta you gotta do it. You gotta subscribe. Appreciate that guys and, and um, completely echo the the sentiment about the, the community and how great everyone is. Um, Mitch and I often talk oh, without yeah. the headsets on and, and talk about the fact that we reckon uh, you know, maybe aside from the traders, you two are two of the hardest working people in fantasy with content coming out. I reckon Bales has got a video out every day. So <laughs> um, keep it up, Bales, because I know that uh, everyone loves it. So much appreciate it, guys. Mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. And you heard the man before. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the video if you or the podcast and the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Give this video a big thumbs up. Go over likes. to yeah, fifty likes on the video. Give me, yeah, give me fifty thousand likes while you're at it <laughs> as well. <laughs> but go over to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics uh, YouTube or but Truly Bales HD YouTube channel and the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Make sure you subscribe to those boys, and we'll catch you guys on Friday for some beers, talking some big boys and your trade targets. Laters!